Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give my podcast five stars. Also, follow me on all of my social media platforms. The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also, for all of my reading babes, check out the new reading merch on the website, www.bwmmerch.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your reading corner with The Gratitude Chick. So today we are on chapter number three of Maximize Your Potential Through the Power of Your Subconscious Mind to Create Success and Wealth in Your Life. Well, I added the in your life part. (laughs) So today we are on chapter number three. Um, And it is called Programming Your Subconscious. Programming Your Subconscious. So as a reminder, I do read with my own commentary. So um, just putting that in there. We are reading now. In order to understand how you can create wealth through the power of your subconscious mind, let's examine more carefully how this phenomenon works. Supposing a psychologist or a psychiatrist hypnotized you. In that state, your conscious reasoning mind is suspended and your subconscious is amenable to a suggestion. Then he suggested to you that you were the president of the United States. Your subconscious would accept the statement as true. Your subconscious does not reason, choose, or differentiate as does your conscious mind. You would assume all the airs of importance and dignity that you believe to be the concomitant. Now, <laughs> concomitant. Now I gotta go figure out what this word means. Hold a moment. It is the condition. It is the condition of accompanying or coexisting. Okay. I had never heard that word before. I I don't know. Okay, so I'll start again. You would assume all the airs of importance and dignity that you believe to be the concomitant of that position. If you were given a glass of water and told that you were drunk, you will play the role of the drunkard to the best of your ability. If you told the psychiatrist that you were allergic to Timothy grass and he placed a glass of distilled water under your nose, telling you at the same time that it was Timothy grass, you would generate all the symptoms of an allergic attack. And the physiological and and physical reactions would be the same as if the water were actually Timothy grass. If you were told that you were a beggar on Skid Row, your demeanor would immediately change and you would assume the attitude of humble, suppliant with an imaginary tin cup in your hand. In short, you may be, I'm sorry, in short, you may be made to believe you are anything such as a statue, dog, soldier, or swimmer, and you will act the part suggested with amazing fidelity to the nature of the suggestion insofar as your knowledge extends of the characteristic of the thing that is suggested. 
Another important thing to remember is that your subconscious mind always accepts the dominant of two ideas. And this is why I keep telling you guys to figure out what your most dominant thoughts are. Because whatever they are, they are creating your life. Okay, so that is, it accepts your conviction without question. Whether your premise is true or absolutely false, modern scientific straight line thinkers look at God as the infinite intelligence within their subconscious mind. They do not care whether people call it the subconscious, unconscious, subjective mind, living spirit, almighty, supreme intelligence, Allah, Brahma, Jehovah, reality, spirit, or the all-seeing eye. The point is, it is there within you. All the powers of the infinite are within you. God is spirit, however, and spirit has no face, form, or figure. It is timeless, spaceless, and eternal. The same spirit dwells in all of us. This is why the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. Yes, God is in your thoughts, your feelings, your imagination. In other words, the invisible part of you is God. God is the life principle in you. Boundless love, absolute harmony, infinite intelligence. Knowing that you can contact this invisible power through your thought strips the whole process of prayer from mystery, superstition, doubt, and wonder. The the Bible tells you the word was God. Word is a thought expressed, as you know. Based on what you've already heard, every thought is creative and tends to manifest itself in your life according to the nature of your thought. It stands to reason that any time you discover the creative power, you have discovered God as there is only one creative power, not two, three, or a thousand, but one. Many of us have been conditioned negatively when we were young. All of us are susceptible to suggestion when we were young and highly impressionable. For example, let's say that Charles is a sourpuss or has a nasty temper or complains about it. One way he can deal with this is to sit down every night prior to sleep and also in the morning and the afternoon and affirm as follows. Henceforth, I shall grow more in good humor. I shall have more joy and happiness and inner peace of mind. Every day I am becoming more and more lovable and understanding. I am now becoming the center of cheer, cordiality, and goodwill to all those around me, infecting them with good humor. This happy, joyous, and cheerful mood is now becoming more normal, natural, and and state of mind. And I am grateful. Charles can write these in his subconscious. He can reprogram his mind. He can direct it. He can write it upon it. And the nature of the subconscious is compulsive. Therefore, he will be compelled to be congenial, cordial, a man of goodwill. So what um, what I thought about in the, I think it was the first episode of this that I read when he said, we are supposed to be writing things on our subconscious. I have realized that I have moved away from writing things down to speaking things now because I believe that as I speak it, I hear it. Even the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing. So we have to speak it to hear it, right? So 
um, with me speaking and hear it, hearing it, it is writing it upon my subconscious mind. So I have moved away from writing things down now. And I don't write my gratefuls anymore. I don't like do the 369 and 33 by 3. I don't do any of that. So I have already evolved to the next step, which is only speaking. And I speak my affirmations. I speak my gratitude. Like when I do my rampages, I speak these things out loud. And it is writing upon my subconscious mind. This is the only writing that I'm doing right now. So I thought I would just say that because it has proven to me to to be very powerful to me, way more powerful than when I was writing down 10 things I'm grateful for a day when I was doing the 369 method, way more powerful, way, 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 way. Okay, he can take these statements, reiterate them, repeat them, remind himself that he is writing these in his deeper mind and whatever is impressed on the subconscious mind comes forth as form, as function, as experience and, and event. And this is what I was literally just saying to you guys. Because he is saying these th- this thing out loud, he's writing it on his subconscious. And this says he can take these statements, reiterate them, which means say it over and over in a repetitive way, remind himself that he is writing the- these on his deeper mind as he repeats the affirmation or the affirming thought or that affirming prayer, it is writing it on his subconscious mind. And whatever is impressed on the subconscious mind comes forth as form, as function, as experience, and event. So whatever you are impressing on your subconscious mind comes forth in your life. So I want you guys to remember that and why I am now a huge proponent of affirmations. You're writing this, these these affirming statements, these affirming thoughts on your subconscious mind so that it can bring it to pass. The more that you affirm it, the more it is getting deeper ingrained, which is why I say to say it three times in a row, nine times per day. This is why I say that, so that you can rewrite your programming. For out of the heart of the conscious, the subconscious rather, are the issues of life. Many people have been victims of negative suggestions or negative conditioning or programming since they were very young. At all ages, the power of suggestion has played a part in human life and thought, in every period of time and in each country of the earth. In many parts of the world, it is the controlling power in religion. A suggestion may be used to discipline and control ourselves. There are constructive suggestions and also negative ones. A suggestion can be used to take control and command over others who do not know the laws of the mind. In its constructive form, it is wonderful and magnificent. In its negative aspect, it is one of the most destructive of all the response patterns of the mind, resulting in inferiority, patterns of failure, suffering, sickness, and disease. From infancy on, the majority of us have been given many negative suggestions. Negative programming would be a better word. Not knowing how to reject them or thwart them, we unconsciously accepted them. Here are some of the negative suggestions resulting in negative programming of your subconscious mind. You were told, oh, you can't do that. Maybe someone said to you, you'll never amount to anything. Now you have an inferiority complex 
they said, you mustn't do that. You'll fail. You haven't got a chance. You are all wrong. It's no use. It's not what you know, but who you know. The world is going to the dogs. What's the use? Nobody cares. It's no use trying so hard. Others said to you, oh, you're too old now. Forget it. Your memory's failing. Things are getting worse. Life is an endless grind. And others said to you, love is for the birds. You just can't win. Pretty soon you'll be bankrupt. Wow. Watch out. You'll get the virus. And this was written years and years, decades ago, guys. Watch out. You'll get the virus. You can't trust a soul. And I would even say uh, a lot of people grew up with money, uh, negative money programming. You, you've heard me say this many times, many times. Um, what is it? Money doesn't grow on trees. And I have, am I made of money? Don't ask for anything when you go in this store. You know, we've all, heard, we've all heard that growing up. Well, I would say most of us have heard that growing up. Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of overweight people have been told, you know, they're too fat for things. Um, they don't look pretty fat. I was told that fat people are not pretty, you know. There's nothing pretty about you because you're fat. These are things that I was told, you know. And and what at the time I was told this, I was literally just chunky. But because this is what I was told, I... I gained more and more weight. Like one of my uncles used to call me Big Mama when I was going through puberty. I was like 12. Like these are not things that you tell children, especially a girl going through puberty. You know, she doesn't want to know that at 12, her uncle looks at her as a big mother, like a big mama. You know, nobody wants that. Especially not a 12-year-old girl who is growing breasts and other parts of their bodies. Nobody, Nobody wants that. But this is what happened in my life, you know, growing up. So, and I'm sure you guys also have those kind of stories as well. If you accept all these negative suggestions, you're programming your subconscious mind in a very negative way. You have developed a sense of inferiority, inadequacy, and a sense of fear. And this, this is what became my life. Once you are told, in essence, that you are even as a chunky kid, that you are fat, that you are big, uh, all of those things that, you know, people say, whether they're in jest or, you know, for whatever reason, this does not help help the person. It didn't help me. And if anything, I took that on as myself, as part of who I was. So it's not a wonder that I grew up to be an, an overweight you know, grown woman because this was set upon me as a child and I didn't know how to separate that. So I became that because this was said to me over and over and over. It was a greeting. Whenever I saw my uncle, it was a greeting. So for from like 11, 12 until probably I left for college or even after that, that's what he called me. So it was a greeting. It was ingrained in me that this who I it was who I was. He didn't do that to any of my other cousins, my other female cousins, only to me. So it was ingrained in me, and that is who I became. Like I, I gained, I got larger and larger the, as as the years went by. And when you're a child, it does set in, into you that you are inferior and inadequate. 
and you start comparing yourself to everyone around you. I compared myself to my cousins and I compared myself to my friends, you know? And the only reason why people didn't know that I had this kind of self, low self-loathing and low self-esteem is because I had a good poker face. And I adopted this saying when I saw it on TV in like the 80s, never let them see you sweat by secret deodorant. And when I saw that, I said, that is going to be my motto. I will never let people know that they hurt me. I will never let them see me sweat. And I tried my best every single day, no matter the names that I was called from people who lived in the house with me. No matter, I still tried my best not to let them know that they what they said to me got to me. But you could see it on me because I gained and gained and gained. So, <clears throat> unless as an adult you program your subconscious mind constructively which is a reconditioning therapy, the impressions made on you in the past can cause behavioral patterns that cause failure in your personal and social life. Agreed. My weight has been a constant issue in my life since I was a child. And it has done nothing but balloon and balloon and balloon. And now, I it's just part of me. You, I can't... I can't even begin to describe, and I won't even do it now. Programming is a means of releasing you from the mass of negative verbal conditioning that might otherwise distort your life pattern, making the development of good habits difficult. Pick up the paper every day, and you can read dozens of items that could sow the seeds of futility, fear, worry, anxiety, and impending doom, which is why I do not read um, I don't read the news and I don't watch the news. If accepted by you, these thoughts of fear could cause you to lose the will for life. Knowing that you can reject all these negative suggestions by giving your subconscious mind constructive auto-suggestions, you counteract all these destructive ideas. Check regularly, check regularly on the negative suggestions that people make to you. You don't have to be influenced by destructive negative suggestions. All of us have suffered from it in our childhood and in our teens. Exactly. If you look back, you can easily recall how parents, friends, relatives, teachers, and associates contributed in a campaign of negative suggestions. Study the things said to you and you will discover much of it was in the form of propaganda. The purpose of much of what was said was to control you or instill fear into you. The negative suggestions go on in every home, office, factory, and club. Now, there is a right way to program your subconscious mind. Every morning of your life, you can sit steady, quiet, get relaxed, and affirm as follows. Divine law and order governs my life. Divine right right action reigns supreme. Divine success is mine. Divine harmony is mine. Divine peace fills my soul. Divine love saturates my whole being. Divine abundance is mine. Divine love goes before me today and every day, making straight, joyous, and glorious my way. This is the way a Marine captain programmed his subconscious mind during World World, World War II. 
He reiterated these truths frequently. Gradually, by repetition, faith, and expectancy, they entered into his subconscious mind, and whatever is expressed on the subconscious is compulsive. Therefore, he was compelled to lead a life of harmony and peace and of love. This is how he programmed his mind. Every morning and every night, he repeated his own version of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my pilot, I shall not drift. He lighted me across the dark waters. He steereth me in the deep channels. He keepeth my log. He guideth me by the star of holiness for his namesake. Yea, though I sail amid the thunders and tempests of life, I shall dread no danger, for thou art with me. Thy love and thy care, they shelter me. Thou preparest a harbor for me in the homeland of eternity. Thou anointest the waves with oil. My ship rideth calmly. Surely sunlight and starlight shall favor me on the voyage I take, and I will rest in the port of my God forever. That's deep. You can do that too. Every morning before you step into your automobile, you can sit down and repeat that or reiterate it and remind yourself of these truths. What are you doing? Aren't you programming? Aren't you writing into your subconscious mind? Aren't you feeding it life-giving patterns? As you reiterate these things and remind yourself and announce these truths and believe in them, they sink into your subconscious mind and they become compulsive. For the nature of your subconscious mind is compulsive. At a talk I gave at the Unity Temple in New Orleans, a woman told me there was a man who used to come here and he used to say quite frequently, there are a lot of holdups in my neighborhood. I remain open at night rather late and I am going to be held up one of these nights. I'll probably be shot too. Wow. So that's just how you live your life, sir? And they told him, stop making these negative suggestions. Stop thinking along that line. Well, he kept on doing it. He didn't pay any attention. He kept programming his subconscious negatively and he was held up. He was also shot. Now that's the wrong way. He could have taken the 91st Psalm and said, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall I rest. And the truth shall be my shield and buckler. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night or the arrow that flieth by day. That's one of my favorite Psalms too. I don't know, you know, I know some of you are, you know, regular listeners to the podcast. So you may have heard this story before, but when I was in my 20s, I had um, a set of things that I used to repeat over and over and over and over and over again. One of them was, what was me? The second, another one was, if anything bad can happen to me, it will happen to me. And another one was, money is meant to be spent. These three things that I used to say repeatedly, these were my mantra of choice. And my 20s was a very, very hard decade, one of the worst decades of my life. And this includes the decade with my, that my mother died when I was eight. I never experienced anything as bad as I experienced in my 20s because of the things that I said and repeated. I believed it 
impressed upon my subconscious mind and it became my reality. And I did, I was very ignorant to any of this. So I had no idea my words were creating the life that I didn't want. But these were words that I said often because this was my life. And it was, it was crazy, but that is completely true. So if this man got shot, he shot, he got shot because he talked that into his life, you know? He could have reiterated these truths. He could have realized the love of God surrounded him and enfolded him. Where he was, God was. He could have said to himself, thou art my hiding place. Thou will compass me about with songs of deliverance. Then he will build up immunity to all harm. These are spiritual antibodies that immunize you. You become God intoxicated. That's the right way to program your mind. A few years ago, a detective told me about a woman who was raped and strangled. In checking her apartment, he found clippings of rape going back for 20 years. Actually, she was programming her subconscious mind negatively, of course, and she experienced that which she feared. That's the wrong thing to do. Fear is faith upside down. Okay. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. One politician said to newspaper reporters, I lived in constant fear of assassination, even though he had bulletproof glass in front of him when he spoke. He didn't, of course, know the laws of the mind. He didn't know, perhaps, that he could cast out fear. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod means the power, and the staff is your authority. Call upon it. It will answer you. One with God is a majority. If God be for me, who can be against me? Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. The politician could have said, I dwell in the secret place. The sacred circle of God's eternal love surrounds me. The whole armor of God surrounds me. Wherever I go, the light of God surrounds me, enfolds me, and enwraps me. He would render himself invulnerable, invincible, and impervious to all harm. That's the right way to program your subconscious mind. You can build up immunity. Oh, yes, you can. As a man thinketh in his heart or subconscious, so is he. So does he act. So does he experience. So does he express. This is the law. I am not talking about thinking in the head. I am talking about thinking in the heart, your own subconscious. Whatever is impressed there is expressed. Remember, when you are dealing with your subconscious, you are dealing with the power of the Almighty. It's the power that moves the world. It's the power that moves the galaxies in space. It's Almighty. There is nothing to oppose it. Consciousness is God. Unconditioned consciousness is called awareness. This is the I am, the living spirit of God. Your consciousness is the union of your conscious and your subconscious mind. Okay. Your consciousness is the union of your conscious and subconscious mind. Okay. It's the sum total of your acceptances, your beliefs, your opinions, your convictions. That's God. That's the only God you'll ever know. Wow. I don't know if I agree with that part, but these are his these are his words. Your thoughts and feelings create your destiny. 
I agree. If you think poor, you will always be poor. I agree. Think prosperity and you will prosper. Consciousness is God because it is the only creative power in your life. And your thought and feeling is the father of all experience. If you talk about the father within, well, what fathers everything? Your own thought and feeling, your conscious and subconscious. Whatever your conscious and subconscious mind agree on, the brain and the heart comes to pass. True or false, good or bad. You are the one who is choosing. You mold and fashion your own destiny. Your faith in God is your fortune. Your faith should be in the goodness of God, in the land of the living, and the guidance of God, and the beauty and glory of the infinite. That's where it should be. You are told no manifestation comes through the Father. The Father is your own thought and feeling. I disagree. So whatever experiences come to us, there is the equivalent pattern in our subconscious mind. There is always cause, and that cause, of course, is our mind. I disagree that the Father is not its own separate entity from me. I don't believe that. I do believe that the kingdom of God dwells in me. I agree with that. I believe that God is within me. I I agree with that. But I believe that God is omnipresent. So the way that he's within me, he's within the world. This this world is his, his. He said the world is his in the fullness thereof. So I I don't want to ever diminish God as, you know, to saying that he is just in my thoughts. I, I would never diminish his greatness that way. So that is why I disagree with that. A man said to me that he wanted to succeed and advance in life. In reality, he didn't. He had a subconscious pattern of failure. He had a sense of guilt that he would he should be punished. With his conscious mind, yes, he worked very hard. And he said to himself in his intellect, I work very hard. But in his deeper mind, he was programmed and conditioned to failure. He had a sense of unworthiness and a belief that compelled him to fail. He had a picture of failing in his mind. He felt he should be punished that he was a sinner. The law of your subconscious, you see, is compulsive. That's the power that I mentioned. That's the almighty power. It's the power of God. He learned to program his mind by realizing he was born to win, born to succeed, born to triumph. For the infinite power is within him. It knows no failure. It's almighty. It created all things. There is nothing to oppose it, challenge it, thwart it, or vitiate it. I don't... Okay, I'm going to have to figure out what that word is. Sorry, guys. Okay, so vitiate. That's how you pronounce it. Vitiate. Spoil or impair the quality or efficiency of. Destroy or impair the legal validity of. So we'll... I'll repeat that sentence. There is nothing to oppose it, challenge it, thwart it, or vitiate it. For it is almighty. It's the only power. Furthermore, it learned he was punishing himself. He started praying every morning and and night and also during the day. And this is what he affirmed. Now he was writing this down with his conscious mind. And this is what he wrote. I am born to win. I am born to succeed in my prayer life my relationship with people, my chosen work, and all phases of my life. For the infinite is within me, and the infinite cannot fail. It's the power of the Almighty moving through me. It's my strength. It's my power and my wisdom. 
Then he said, success is mine. Harmony is mine. Wealth is mine. Beauty is mine. Divine love is mine. Abundance is mine. He reiterated and repeated these truths. He reflected upon them. He reminded himself driving along the road before he went in to see a customer. He announced these truths regularly and systematically, and he didn't deny what he affirmed. Gradually, he became a tremendous success because he succeeded in impregnating his subconscious mind by repetition, reminding himself, announcing these things, teaching his thoughts to dwell upon the great affirmatives of life. As you do this regularly and systematically, wonders will happen in your life. When you were born, no one had to tell you how to find the mother's breast. There was a subjective wisdom guiding you, directing you. Yes, the Bible says, I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. So all the powers of God are within you and the laws and the truths of God are written in your own subjective mind. All the vital organs were controlled when you were born and you, are sa- and you were sound asleep. Every night of your life, that same intelligence governs all vital organs of your body, your breathing, your inspiration, the circulation of your blood, your digestion, your heartbeat, and all that. That's the God presence within you. The presence and power of God are within you. The great eternal truths are there. They were inscribed in your heart before you were born, but all of us have been programmed since birth. Millions of people have been programmed with certain fears, false beliefs, taboos, strictures, and superstitions. As Phineas Parker Quimby, a pioneer in the New Thought Movement said in 1847, every child is like a little white tablet. Everybody comes along and scribbles something on it. Grandmother, grandfather, clergymen, mother, father, sisters, and brothers. We receive an avalanche of sights and sounds, beliefs and opinions, doubts and fears. You weren't born with any fears at all, you know. You weren't born with any prejudices. You weren't born with any credo beliefs or any false or weird concepts of God or life. Where did you get them? Someone gave them to you. Someone programmed you, perhaps negatively. Many were told they were sinners in the hands of angry of an angry God. I have talked to women, beautiful, attractive, well-educated. They, were, they wear black stockings. They think it's a sin to use rouge or, black, or makeup of any kind or wear gold. That's, oh, that's a terrible sin. To play cards are of the devil or attend movies. All these are sins. When you look at them, they are frustrated, bottled up, inhibited, unhappy. I tell them to wake up, to dress for God. There is nothing in the universe evil. Again, I disagree. The whole world is here and was here when they were born. All the birds sing for you and all the animals in the world world are here too. And all the stars are in the sky for you to adore, to worship, and to be delighted with. So I tell them, you are here to dance. Go ahead and learn to dance, for the universe is the dance of God. I tell them to learn, take lessons in golf, play music, and do all the things you are not doing. Play music, attend college, take lectures in public speaking, and meet men. Go out and take courses in Spanish or many other things. Learn a trade or profession. Earn money. 
You are here to lead a full and happy life. You are here to live in an objective world, have recreation, have fun, merriment, joy, and creativity, and express yourself. You are also here to meditate and to pray, of course. We are living in a subjective and objective world. There is nothing evil in the universe. Again, disagree. God pronounced everything good. Therefore, there is nothing evil in dancing or playing cards or anything of that nature. Looking at a movie, a constructive one, there is nothing evil in any of those things. Nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Then I, and, and that may be why I disagree. Um, I do believe that there is evil in the universe because I believe that there is a fallen angel running around wreaking havoc on the world. So yes, I believe that there is a evil in the universe. So again, that could just be, you know, what he's saying. I could be <laughs> just reiterating what he's saying, you know. There I explain to, to them, I say, you are frustrated, you are sick, you are unhappy. And I teach them how to attract a man into their life. I say, you should be married. You should always have love. Every woman wants to be loved and cosseted, appreciated. So now I got to figure out what cosseted means. Okay, so cosseted means to be cared for and protected in an overindulgent way to be pampered. Okay. Every woman wants to be loved and cosseted, appreciated. She likes to receive attention. She wants to feel needed and wanted. And if she says she doesn't, she's sick. (laughs) So if you don't want to be cosseted, you don't want to be pampered, if you don't want to be appreciated and loved, you are sick, something is wrong with you. Every woman does. Then they learn a simple law. They go out and do all these things, Learn to do all the things you are afraid to do, and the death of fear is certain. I tell them you've been brainwashed. You've been programmed negatively and destructively. The will of God for you is a greater measure of joy, of happiness, of love, of peace, of mind. I agree with this. They learn the law of attraction. You should see some of them now coming to the theater, beautifully dressed, and they have makeup on too, and they have beautiful rings sometimes a marriage ring. Oh yes, they have transformed. They have reprogrammed their mind. I was taught when I was young that if a child were indoctrinated with a certain religious belief until he or she was seven, that no one could change it. Of course, it can be changed, but it's rather difficult. A child, of course, has been brainwashed, but they were referring, you see, to that negative conditioning of the mind. When you're young, We are susceptible, we are impressionable and teachable. We are amenable to suggestion. We don't have the sense to reject it, reject the negative suggestions, and we accept the many false beliefs and erroneous concepts regarding God, life, and the universe. I agree with this. Where did you get your creed or your religious belief? I got mine from growing up in a very religious household. You certainly weren't born with it. Is it true? Is it reasonable? Is it illogical? Is it true? The religious part? No. Is it reasonable? The religious part? No. Is it illogical or unreasonable? It is both. Is it unscientific? Yes. 
if it's unscientific, illogical, and unreasonable, it can't be true. Agreed. I believe that religion, as it sits today, is man-made. And even as I say that, I don't believe that Christianity is a religion. I believe that the denominations that fall up under Christianity are the religions. That's what I'm speaking of. The denominations of Baptist and Lutheran and all of that. Those religions, those are, to me, they're man-made and have zero to do with being a Christian. That's how I believe. Um, Let's see. There is Pat, for example. He believes the cards are stacked against him. Some fortune teller told him that exactly. These The cards are not stacked against him. The universe is for him. But he was enthroned that concept and he believed it. And, you know, I, I stopped for a second because I used to say that to myself, that the cards were stacked against me, that life was against me, yeah. His subconscious mind accepts it. His false belief creates a quarrel in his mind that he thinks people are working against him, that misfortune will follow him. Some sort of jinx is after him. He made that law for himself and it controls him and governs him. Man's subconscious assumptions, beliefs, and convictions dictate and control all his conscious actions. So right now we're going to stop here because we're now at 40 minutes and this Kindle uh, is telling me I have 37 minutes left in this chapter um, because this chapter is almost 50 pages long. So we're going to stop here and start back on the next episode. I hope that you guys are learning some things. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I have learned so far in this book is to write on your subconscious mind. And that for me meant to take away actual physical writing and write on my subconscious mind with my repetition of saying my affirmations and you know my gratitude out loud instead of just writing it so it has been very good for me and I hope and I challenge you guys to do that yourselves to put down your pen and paper and you know just kind of see what it's like and kind of compare the difference with you know saying verbally instead of writing it down and see you know how far that takes you thank you guys again for listening today I appreciate every day that you guys you know tune in to to um my episodes I thank you and I appreciate you don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life guys your I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude you guys have a blessed day Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.